every, make sure you go to the bathroom. I just am always concerned because I have to go to the bathroom so much. Maybe that's TMI, but it's just, I had a lot of babies. I turned 40. It's just a thing. It's got to go all the time. So I'm always concerned. Like I sit on the, I sit on the aisle seat on the plane because I'm like, I just, I don't know. I don't know what could happen if I'm on the inside. This could be a hot mess, um, literally. <laughs> Um, all right, I need to stop talking now because that's gross. So, hi, so glad you're here. I am Carrie Garcia. I am one of the teaching pastors. I have the honor of being one of the teaching pastors here at Vox. And one of the great things that Vox is doing is caring, actually caring for the care of their people. And I'm really wanting, I love some of the conversations that get to happen um, on a Tuesday. I wish I could be at those meetings all the time because they, I always walk away with two things. One, being so encouraged on how much the leadership of this church really loves the people of this church. And then two, how they challenge me on even how I think about things. And I think that's a good space to be in. Can you love people and be in community with people and be challenged and still love each other? That's good. And so, so much of what happens in there is like, I didn't think about that. And then they say the same thing and it's so good. But, but one thing that we are universally solid on is that we believe that it is so important that the church be the safest place that we could talk about anything. And that being said, we don't want you to stay stuck. We want you to be able to move forward in healing and freedom um, today and not just wait for heaven because heaven will be cool, but like I want my king, his kingdom to come and his will be done here on earth, like right now. <laughs> so I'd like to experience some of that. So we wanna kind of walk you through that and that's why we are offering these workshops is to give you a glimpse. Whoa, so moody. Now, I just wanna say welcome everybody. Um, so um, is that too dark? Are you guys okay with that? That's okay? All right, now we can feel emotions and not sense like everybody's watching. Okay, I got you, I feel you. I just did a conference not too long ago and, and they didn't have lights that they were able to turn down. And as some of you know, sometimes when I get going, I can talk about things that make you feel some type of way and all the lights are on and everyone, you could just see like, I'm so exposed in my emotions right now. It's like, is there a, can we just make it black in here? It's fine, it's, I'd rather have that option. Um, what we wanna do with these workshops is I want to kind of give a little bit of a disclaimer. You aren't gonna walk out of here with all your problems solved. I mean, that would be the best workshop ever and I wish I provided those. Um, I don't. What I provide and what Vox wants to provide is a place for you to have, step into more awareness. And so that is what's gonna happen here tonight is stepping into a place, what's up Will Banks and his lovely bride? Everybody say hi. It's Stephanie. I do know your name. No, I'm just kidding. I do know. I do know. I suck at names. Um, but I do know Stephanie. She lives four down, houses down from me. Um, so I don't want you to feel any type of way that you think I'm wanting you to feel. I just want you to come in here and go, what does God want to speak to my heart to, tonight? What is an area that I, need to, that I can walk away being a little more aware of in my own life? Awareness is a good thing. And I think in today's society, we kind of run away from awareness. We wanna be aware about what everybody else is doing, but we don't wanna really be aware of what's going on inside us. And so we believe though that freedom starts from the inside, that it comes through Jesus Christ and what's going on internally and inside of us. And then when we start to become free and healed, we start to free people and show them healing. So 
tonight is a night where you get to sit in some awareness and you get to sit in a topic that um, a lot of people don't don't sit in very often. Um, we do these every three months, and um, they, we, at the end of tonight, we will give you some next steps if you want to take that. So we're not gonna, you know, kind of bust you open here and then leave you hanging. We kind of did that at the last workshop and learned. <laughs> oh, you might need some next steps. Hmm, go figure. Um, so let's get started. We're gonna pray, and then we're just gonna kind of dive right in. God, we thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that came here tonight. I love my family. I love that they believe in what you're doing in the world and in their life is important. They also believe that um, and are hopeful that sitting in your word and sitting in your presence can bring healing. Some of us come into this room with some really heavy burdens. Some of us come in this room with um, baggage and jaded hearts and broken hearts. And some of us come in this room with really joyful hearts, just ready to take what you've done in our life and give it out to others. So wherever you find them in this room tonight, I pray that you would minister, that you would move, that you would comfort, that you would restore, and that you would open their eyes to a place where there is kindness and tenderness within your presence. Thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to talk about um, soul care uh, tonight, and this is something that is really dear to me because I suck at it. So usually I will start writing stuff on things I'm not good at because the more I write about it, the more I study about it, the more I learn about it, the more hopefully some what I learn will kind of apply to me. So soul care I've sat in for an entire year. Um, I wrote uh, a book called The Exchange and wrote all of the chapters in nine, eight chapters. It was seven at the time. And I stopped before the book went to press and I was like, we, I have to add soul care in here. So I went back, re-videoed all the videos, wrote this because it was that important to me that people understand how important soul care is and what God thinks about it. So for some of you guys in the room, not all of you, but some of you guys, maybe, and maybe some of you women too, this, isn't, this, this might be for all of you, might think that soul care is lame, it's girly, or it's dumb, or who has time for that. And um, welcome, because me too. So you're welcome here. Um, and yet so much of what scripture says is is really the opposite um, of that. And so let's just look in really quick. And this is interactive. So we're going to kind of get into a place where we're going to kind of hang out a little bit and chat with each other, with me and all of that. So the benefits of soul care. Some of the things that I just want you to understand that going into this, um, the benefits of soul care create sustainability for your mission. If you have no margin, you have no mission ever. So your mission is wherever you are going spending time being. So a lot of people will think mission is, well, she's a pastor. She has a mission. Or she's on the mission field, so she has a mission. No, no, no. All of you are called. All of you are equipped. And all of you have a mission. Your mission could be in the workplace, in the marketplace. It could be with your children. It could be as a husband. It could be as a wife. It could be as a friend. But there is a mission field always before you. And if you do not take care of your soul, you will not have no margin. And if you have no margin especially you wonderful CEOs in the room, uh, you have no mission. The mission will fall. 
Um, soul care also allows you to depend on others and God. This is very counterintuitive to our culture. We are very much, we depend on ourselves. It relies on me. It's all on me. I've got to do it all. I've got to say it all. If I don't show up, nothing will happen. It is on me to make things happen. And really, it goes against how we were actually created as humans to be interconnected. We are neurologically wired this way. Kind of talked about this at our last workshop. We are also in need of God when we don't take care of our our soul and aren't listening to what's going on, we become devoid of needing to hear from God and needing to hear from others. And then in a sense, we really just feed the desires of our heart. And if we're all being honest, the desires of our heart aren't always the greatest desires, right? So uh, the soul care also helps me show up in authentic ways for others. If you don't know you, if your inside person is not matching your outside person, it's going to be very difficult for you to be off in an authentic give and take relationship. So the extreme of lack of soul care and introspection would almost be on the scale of like almost like narcissism. It's all about me. It becomes all internal and all about what I want to do and what's happening with me. And yet we know nobody wants to be around that. And we say we don't want to be around that, but so much of our society and culture is feeding this idea of narcissism. How many selfies have we taken today? So uh, we also, uh, I've taken one, so it's fine. <laughs> um, the benefits of soul care creates health for you and also will provide a body check for you where you can check your heart and your ego. So this allows space to be able to sit in what your motives are, why you're doing what you're doing and... Um, why it matters and why maybe it doesn't matter. So I want to go into a little bit of just kind of questions. I know some of you guys don't know each other. Here's my thing. Everybody wants to come to a workshop and just just be a participant by just observing what's happening, taking notes. Some of you are just the diligent note takers. You have your glasses on, you have your pins ready. You were like, tell me all the things. And then some of you are like, I forgot my pin. I don't know where I'm at. You know, like I barely got here. And I'm like, I love you people, because that is me. Um, and, but you're just like, hope, but, but nobody really is like, I don't really want to get like verbal. Like I just kind of want to be here, but not but not be visible. And I just am like, that's not good. We need to be visible. You need to be seen. You have an opinion and a thought and your opinion and your thought matters. And it might be different than mine and that's okay. It might look different than mine and that's okay. What you think about certain things might challenge me and what I think and that's okay. We have this great word of God that we can come to for, for guidance and, and for answers but we're trying to figure this all out, right? And so we don't get challenged. We don't move forward. We don't get outside of ourselves when we don't hear from others or contribute the, into the world with our opinions. So I'm going to be asking some questions and you're just going to shoot out some answers. Uh, when I say the word, and they're not the ones on here, maybe some of them will be. Um, when I say out the word soul care, what are some of the things that come to mind? What are some words, thoughts, sentences that come to mind? Keep it short for those of you extroverts in this. Let me tell you a diatribe about my life. You know, I, I just keep it simple. But what does is, what is soul care kind of mean to you? Sabbath. What does that mean to you? Okay. Okay. Taking a break from a lot of things. Rest. Sabbath. Good. Who else? And it doesn't have to be a positive thing. Whatever comes to mind when you think soul care, what is that? 
You're talking over there? I can't hear. Spiritual enlightenment. Spiritual enlightenment. Okay, good. What else? A recharge. Am I the only one that I think selfish? <laughs> I think soul care feels a little selfish when I first think of it. I'm like, well, it's kind of selfish. Maybe that's just me. Self-help? Cool. What else? What else comes to mind when we think of soul care? Go ahead. Saying no and not feeling guilty about it. Okay. Like that. It's a hard one. Solitude. Good. Quiet time. It's good. Peace. We love that. A couple more. What else? Awareness. Good. Okay, working on a relationship with God. So soul care encompasses a lot. When we, when we kind of come into thinking about it, we kind of, it kind of encompasses all these things and they, it feels really broad. It feels really big. What about um, physical care? What, what would come to mind when I'm saying, hey, you need to take care of your, your physical care? What would come to mind there? What? Sleep? Eating right? Nutrition? Exercise? Having fun? little pampering, a little pedicure. Yeah. Fresh air. Okay. Anybody else? Physical health or physical care. Going to the doctor. It's a good one. Meditation. You'd put that in there. Okay. Physical care. Anything else come to mind? Okay. What about spirit care? You're like, well, wait a minute. I Soul care, physical care. Reading your Bible. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. Good answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, truly. I mean, yeah. Jesus. Also, just side note, I love that half of you are still raising your hand. It's so cute. Like, you're like in your 50s and you're all, um. it's so precious. I love it. What else? Spirit care. Prayer. Okay. Community, being in nature, spirit care, okay? Does anybody else, is it just me? Do we kind of feel like they all feel, they all kind of feel like they could be the same, right? They all kind of feel like, well, I could move that one in there and I could move this one into here. And, and I feel like the lines are super blurry. Do they feel super blurry to you? Because I, I think that we blur these a lot. And when we blur these a lot, um, we don't really know where to go and how to feed them because they feel blurry. What would be the benefits, uh, or what are, not, not the benefits, what are some of the things that keep you from sitting in one of these areas? What are some of the things that keep you from sitting in, you know, any of those? Busyness. Calendar. Fear. What a good answer. What was it? Priorities? Who said that? Priorities. Children. <laughs> I was so connected to myself before you came. That's not the truth. You are more connected to yourself after they came <laughs> than you are more connected to God. Uh, okay. What else keeps you? Guilt. Pain. Deadlines. It's a real thing, right? Anybody else? What else keeps you? I'm just so tired. Yeah. 
totally. Shame. Gosh, shame is a power. Shame is just we, just, we just do series on shame. I actually do do a series on shame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, what are some of the benefits that you would find? And I have a purpose to this, so I'm just getting your brain moving and working. But what are some of the benefits that you, would, that you can think of that would come for you sitting in one of these three areas because the areas are all mixed together right now? What would be some benefits? Healing. Recovery. Tranquility. Clarity. Good one. They're all good. <laughs> what else? What are some benefits? What does this table think? What are some benefits that would come? I know. Oh, God, she's calling us out. Happiness. Good. Reduce stress. Who would like some reduced stress? Right? Andy? <laughs> Andy's like laid back like, yeah! Reduce my stress! Yes. Yes. Yeah, what else? Feeling like you can actually take care of other people. Ah, oh, so good. What other benefits? A couple more. Self-love. Perspective. What? Purpose. We can come up with so many ideas, so many benefits. How many do, let's just pick soul care on a regular basis, on a daily basis? Okay, no one. How many in this room? Okay, Andy. Okay, one, good job. Good job, it's awesome. How many, I would almost do it daily too. It's, I, and that's not because I'm great, it's because I teach it and I see the benefits now. But I would have said before I wrote it that no. How many do it? Weekly. Okay. Monthly. Okay. Maybe monthly you'll step into that. How about yearly? Planning something maybe yearly. Okay. One. Okay. It's kind of ironic to me that we live in a society and we have a desire to love the world around us that we see the news as it comes on and we are inundated with trauma. By the way, trauma that your body was never intended to carry. It, it's very difficult for it to carry as much trauma as it has to carry now. It's very awesome that we get to see what's going on around the world. There's beautiful things about that. But what it has done is you have taken things into your brain and taken trauma into your brain that your body was never intended to carry that much trauma. Say, what's the big deal as you scroll through shooting after shooting? We should never be immune to a shooting. And yet we see it, and maybe I'll just speak for myself, in all honesty, I see it, my heart breaks for a moment, and I go on. Because it's so much. And we see trauma after trauma. We see Syrian refugees. We see the world kind of falling apart around us, and we want to help. And I think there's honor in that and nobility in that. In fact, when we read the scriptures, we see as Jesus was standing in Matthew 9, I think it's at the end of Matthew 9, Jesus um, is standing and he's healing people left and right. And then he stops in the middle of it all and he falls to the ground and it says he starts weeping 
because he's so overwhelmed by the brokenness around him that he calls his newbie disciples to come and pray with him. This is early on. And he says, we need to pray right now because there is so much brokenness and so few laborers that even Jesus himself couldn't handle the trauma that was right in front of him. It was breaking him. This is Jesus. He knows how it ends. And yet he is so physically moved by the trauma, by the brokenness. He sends the disciples out in twos and has to have them go, uh, go out. He's like, they're not even ready yet. And he just anoints them with the spirit to go out and start healing people. He's like, you'll do. You're just gonna, we'll just need use you. I feel like, that's not, like, he's like, you'll just do. I love you, just go, you know? When the disciples come back, when the disciples come back from, I mean, they're amazed. They're like, oh my gosh, Jesus, we were healing people and people, were, I don't know, we were saying stuff and we didn't know what we were saying and they were coming, rising up from the dead and all this stuff was happening and they're amazed. And Jesus goes, have you eaten today? Literally, you can go read this in the scriptures. And he stops and says, have you eaten today? And he literally says this to, come away with me. Let's go rest and eat. They're so excited about what's happening. Like the world's falling. You were just crying not too long ago and you, you were trying to heal all these people and, and we went out, we did all these amazing things and we want to tell you about it. There's time for that. But right now, you're hungry and I need to feed you. You're tired. And you know what's funny? They didn't even know. They weren't even thinking they were hungry. They weren't even thinking they needed rest. They just wanted to share with Jesus all the amazing things they've done. And that's noble, Right? I don't think anybody in this room, and I, I don't know you personally, but I'm going to assume that Vox has the best people in the entire world, and we draw all the best people with all the best hearts. And so I, my assumption here is that the things you do are going to come from a place of wanting to help others. And sure, it's mixed with mixed motives all the time, blah, 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 that's our flesh and whatever. But at the core of who you are, you want to do good things. And I think often we skip the part that God says, Hey, you're going, God, we got to do this and we've got to go, uh, you know, sit with the Muslims and we got to go do this and we've got to go rescue the homeless and we've got to, and he's good. And there's girls in sex trafficking and, and, and we get inundated. Like our minds starts to fill up and we can only take the trauma of the world and we get so burdened and overwhelmed. How am I ever going to make a difference? What am I ever going to do in this? And you want to come to with him with all the problems and all the things that he wants to hear out of him. But I think so often he wants to say, have you rested? Have you taken a nap? Are you hungry? Are you tired? Who's got time for that? I don't have time for that. You look in Psalms, and it's on your packet here, Psalms 23, 1 through 6. I just want to share a little bit of this scripture, and then we'll kind of get into breaking down some, um, some things and have you guys, we'll do some writing here on the board so Psalm 23 is David's psalm. Uh, we know this. Uh, if you've been in church, you know, for a long time, you know this, or maybe not so long you've heard this. If you're new to church, this might be new to you. And, and so giddy up, because it's a good passage. <laughs> Psalms 23, verse 1 through 6 says this. So the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. This is written by David. David is, from the time he was a little boy, was a shepherd. This was his job. Cool thing about David that a lot of people don't know is that in the Old Testament, there would be prophets and kings that would be raised up. And for a time period while they reigned, the Holy Spirit would come upon them to give them power and favor in the land. And then when they were done doing what they needed to do in prophet or kingdomship, the Holy Spirit would be removed. We don't live in that anymore. 
Okay? Holy Spirit lives in us. He didn't leave us. He's in us. Once you accept Jesus, he's in you. You got him. You got his power. It's awesome. Wasn't like that back in the Old Testament. But David, David is one of the few that the moment that he was anointed by God to be king, which was early on before he actually stepped into kingship, it's the Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him and was with him all the days of his life. One of the very few prophets and kings that ever had that. Because God knew that David was going to need all the Holy Spirit for all the time. Before he even stepped into kingship, David had a slew of problems. He had people trying to kill him. He had a best friend. The best friend tried to kill him. Like, it was just a whole mess. They kissed, and then it was weird, and then they, it was like, it was just like a whole thing. We were friends, and now we're not. It was a whole thing. So Holy Spirit's with him. So David starts to write this scripture, and I, what I love about David is that we get to hear about David in First and Second Samuel but what, and the story of what he's doing. But what we get to really hear in Psalms is his diary, which is awesome because we don't get to hear really anybody else's diary. So in conjunction to when the scripture's being written, written in the Psalms, you can kind of track it to the course of where he is in his life in the scriptures of, the, of what's happening in his life. And you can see, oh, look at, he's really sad at the time. This is what was going on. This is where he was. So here's David writing from the perspective of a shepherd. This is all he knew for many years. Shepherds were low, lowly, lowly people. Their job was to take care of sheep, sit in the field all day in guard, day and night, make sure no one took the valuable sheep. Important to the family, not important in society. The Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we go, ah. Oh. What a great, what a great passage. I want to break this passage down because I think what's happening here is really the idea of three areas. The idea of self-care, the idea of soul care, and the idea of spirit care. And I believe that they, one comes after the other. The first one we look at when God, when uh, 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 David is saying that he makes me lie down in green pastures, this is something that God has to do. He has to make us lie down. If you're anything like me, I won't lie down. I plow. I keep going. For all you A-type personalities in the room, God love us, right? Somebody's got to. We just plow. Some of you are better at taking care of yourself or maybe stopping, but our human tendency is to strive and climb whether it comes from a place of extroversion and taking over or whether it comes from a place of being a pleaser. I want people just to acknowledge that I'm doing a good job. We all want that. And so we keep going. It says here that David knows he makes me lie down in green pastures, that he leads. So I want you to put a box around he makes me. And then I want you to put a box around he leads me beside quiet waters. When David would take the sheep into the field, sheep, if you know sheep, they're super skittish. They're very dumb also. 
which I love that we're referred to as sheep, but also kind of. <laughs> when the sheep come into the, the field, the sheep will actually not lie down in the field until they feel safe and they have eaten. So the shepherd's job is to make sure that they stand there and the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. This is in farming community. We actually did this with our high school ministry. We actually went to a farm with sheep and did this whole illustration with sheep because I wanted the high schoolers to get what idiots they were. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to get them to understand how the sheep didn't listen to me, but the one she shepherd at the farm, which they didn't call him a shepherd, but I was like, he's like the shepherd. They listened to him. The sheep are looking to him for protection and for care. So the sheep look up and they see the rod. We'll get into that. We see the staff. We'll get into that. The shepherd lets them know, here we are. You can eat. And they eat. This is something that we, this is what I would refer to as self-care. I had to hire an assistant to help us because we're a hot mess in our house and with our company. So I had to hire this woman to come and help us. And one of the first questions she asked me, this is how I knew we needed to hire her, was she said, when was the last time you went to the doctor? And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know, I think last year. She goes, do you mind if I call your doctor and see when the last time you went to the doctor was? And I was like, yeah, sure, nosy. <laughs> she called, it'd been two years since I'd been to the doctor. I'm in my 40s. I haven't had any kind of checking that needs to be checking, we'll just keep it there. <laughs> And she was like, it's been two years. You have to go get your blood taken and you have to get other tests done. And I was like, oh. She was like, I'm going to make the appointment for you. Okay. And I think for me, I just think nothing, ever, nothing bad's going to ever happen. I don't know. You just keep going. You just, you just kind of keep going. And I don't know, God's got it. <laughs> God did have it in the voice of Lisa, <laughs> who I hired. And, and yet... Someone has to make us. Someone has to lead us to the place of safety. And this is what I believe self-care is. I believe this is the place of our, emo of our physical needs, our physical body. When we talk about the body, the mind, and the spirit, this is what we're going to go into. So God is saying, David is saying, he has to lead me. He has to lead me to the pasture. He has to lead me beside the quiet waters so I can rest. How you doing on your sleep? How are you doing on your exercising? I'm horrible. I hate exercising. How are you doing on your stretching? How are you doing on your breathing? All these things. This is self-care. We think that this is soul care. We think that this is what we can intertwine into soul care. Oh, you know, exercising is good for me. Like, you know, taking care of your soul once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's like physical body care. It's like an everyday thing. Like eating live food that comes from the ground that molds if you leave it out mcdonald don't eat there don't eat there i'm serious i had a windy salad tonight but i'm telling you <laughs> we were busy today so there's grace but that'd be more mercy but because you're gonna need mercy if you're putting that in your body but you, these are things that we don't think about that we kind of check off because everything in our society, and this isn't like negative against our society, but it's feeding you this false narrative that says, just have it quick, have it right now. Don't take care of yours. It's not a big deal. It's just a cheeseburger. What's the big deal? And, and so we start eating things that, bring, that don't bring life. 
We don't sit and take care of our body and go see the doctor and, and, and listen to what's going on in our body and stretch and move. And, and I know for some of you, especially men, this is hard for you. I, I'm married to a man, okay? He works out all the time. This would be part of his physical care, yes. But I'm like, do you stretch? He's like, no, no dudes stretch. I'm like, babe, dudes stretch. You have to stretch. And then I show him the stretch, and he's like, oh, God, ah. Like, he, can, he cannot even go to his knees. I'll, actually, I don't know why I can't either, but that's not the point. <laughs> he does it, and I'm like, you have to stretch. You, you, you can't run your body so hard in the gym to get all swollen, yoke, and whatever, I don't know, whatever you call it, and not stretch the, the small parts of your body. You know, I was a trainer for 10 years, which is so shocking. <laughs> For most people. I was a trainer for 10 years and so often people would come in and they think that it was just about calorie intake. They would think that they just want to get buff or they just want to get thin and they would forget about all these little muscles in their body that hold all the big muscles together. So I'm like, oh, we actually have to, we have to work your rotator cuff and we have to work, you know, some of your hip flexors and what, why, you can't see that? And I'm like, yeah, but the things you can see can't hold together if you don't work those smaller things. You see, what we do in self-care is see it on such a grand schedule, a grand scheme of things of like, it's not a big deal if I just go through the drive-thru all the time, who cares? And this isn't about being thin or fit or buff or whatever. It's about being caring for the temple that God has given you. But I don't think we do a very good job of doing it for ourselves. And it's not because you're bad. It's because we're sheep. And we just don't know. And so God has to lead us to this place. And we have to be intentional about this. So we move on. Then he says, after he has led me by the quiet water, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path. And this is where we would move into soul care. Soul care being a place, and and we'll get into this on the next page, but a place that actually brings your soul alive. This is actually where we start to integrate our mind. So we've now moved from our physical body into our mind. We start to figure out our feelings and our emotions and what's going on. We'll get a little more into that. And then he goes on and says, um, uh, for his name's sake, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Still part of that soul care. You see, when David would take the sheep and they would go from the field, they would have to go through these deep valleys to get to another field where there was fresh grass. Oftentimes the predators would be up on the sides of the walls and the animals would be there ready to devour the sheep and the sheep would be frightened. They would be scared to death to get to the other side and when sheep are skittish, they they don't walk well. I mean, you can see they physically have a reaction. But they would see the shepherd... And the shepherd would have the rod and the rod was thick and it was strong and he would beat back the enemy that would come on. And the staff, whenever they would start to go astray, would grab one of the sheep and line it back up to keep it in the path that it needs to go to, to get to where food and rest would be coming. See, David approaches this as, this is soul care. As I sit in the idea of I'm walking through these dark valleys I don't know what's going on inside me internally. I don't know what's happening inside my brain. And, and when we stop and we take care of our soul, it is that, it, that is when God can come in and direct us along the right path. 
because we're in a dark valley or we're, we're in a stuck space. And that's where God can come in and allow us to really find out and de go deeper into what's going on into our mind and our hearts. Because the predator might be our own thoughts. And God wants to guide us. He also wants to keep the enemy at bay. That's why David can be comforted. And then, and, and I'll, end, I'll end with this part so I'm not talking a thousand times for a thousand hours. You prepare a table for me in my presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And this part of the scripture is so weird to me because it kind of feels like it kind of goes out of the shepherd stuff and into place of, of, of kingship actually or, or anointed guest. And, and as I study the scripture more, I'm like, oh no, this is spirit care. She has this moves into spirit care. He's saying what your identity is. You see, back when someone would come into a home, they would get their feet anointed with oil. But if you were a revered guest, a favored guest, you actually got your head anointed with oil. And isn't this cool that David is saying, because I know that you are with me and the way that you take care of my spirit is through salvation and through having me understand my identity that I am favored and I am known by God. In fact, he continues to say, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He knows that my spirit care comes with my perspective that this world is not my home. One day I will be with the Lord. So we look at all these things and we go, what does this mean for me? I really think that we need to break down in our own lives these three different areas. This idea of self-care, this idea of soul care, and this idea of spirit care. And I'm gonna have you guys take a few minutes at your table. I know, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right. Friends, friends at the table. And you two are gonna have a great discussion together. <laughs> Hi, honey. Um, like you need some soul care. <laughs> um, I know you too well. Bruce and, and, and Carol, if you guys want to join another group, you can, or you guys can just talk with yourselves, whatever. There's no, there's no, there's no wrong way. This only has three people you want to join. Do whatever you want. That was just my thing. You do all, all whatever you want. Um, I'm going to have you spend a, a little, a few minutes in your groups. Introduce yourself if you don't know each other's names. And I want you to just sit on these three ideas of self-care, soul care, and spirit care. And I want you to get a little honest. Which one is difficult for you and why? And if you're an extrovert and like to talk a lot, be mindful of the people at your table who are introverted and are scared to talk. Please give them space because they need space to talk to. And they're really good listeners. They're really good listeners but sometimes they need some people to listen to them. So let's be kind at our tables. Um, so what area do you kind of look at this list? And I broke it down, and we're gonna get into it a little bit more, but I broke it down into really what these areas mean. Remember how I told you they were, the lines were really blurred? We're gonna try to unblur those lines for you. And we're gonna help you to sit in some areas that you might, need to be, la that you might be lacking in um, after today is over. So. Talk amongst yourselves for a few minutes. What area is hardest for you and why? Ready, go.
Quick, Andy, because we had a great question and I didn't fully get into this. Sorry to interrupt, you're doing so good. Um, I think this is important to just say this really quick, is that to define this, um, we're gonna define it at the end too, but as you go into this discussion, so you got self-care, soul care and, and, and spirit care, really to make that really easy for you. So soul care is when our emotions, our feelings, what's going on inside our minds, Spirit care is actually your identity in Christ, understanding who God is, understanding your favored position. So what gets confusing a lot of times is we think we're feeding our soul, which we are in essence, when we're sitting in our scriptures, when we're really studying the word of God, that's actually spirit care and not soul care. Soul care is much more about feelings. That's why soul care, we don't normally do it. Spend a lot of time in our word, a lot of time working on our bodies not a lot of time sitting our soul. So that's all I'm going to give you. And we'll talk about it in a minute. I hope that brings some clarity.
All right. You guys are in such good discussions. You will have some more time to discuss in a little bit. <clears throat> Often what we see when um, we talk about soul care, uh, self-care, soul care, and spirit care, which probably for some of you, is this kind of a new concept? Or is this like, I've totally heard this before. Okay, never heard it. Good. I got one. Um, so the idea when, when, even when David's talking, but if you really look at our society and, um, and I'm just going to say churches maybe in general, but even in, in Christianity, we spend a lot of time um, fixing our outer self and worrying a lot about our spirit person, which are good things, but we skip this part or we mistake this part with this part or this part, okay? So a lot of times when we come into, let's just use church circles because we're from a church. We'll come in and a lot of what we feel is the self-care would be like stop behaviors that aren't good so that you can come and be here and be loved, okay? That's not the narrative we have, but that's a narrative we've heard probably once maybe in our life. So, so we spend a lot of time on the outer self, getting it together, maybe being healthier, and, and even let's just now take it out of the church in society. Take a lot of time making all of our kids match on their Christmas pictures so that Instagram feed looks good. Take a lot of time with our bodies and, and be fit, and, and all of that's good things. But I think we spend a lot of time on that, a lot of time. More time than we probably even need to on the areas that don't even really matter that much and then less time on the areas like go see your doctor and get a checkup. It's like, well, nobody sees that, you know? It's like, well, when you're dead, they'll see it. So you should probably go. Like, well, fair. Then we jump, we go into uh, circles, uh, we'll take it back into the church. We go in, we go, hey, man, I'm gonna really fix this area up. It's gonna get real good. And the way it's gonna get real good is I'm gonna jump right into my spirit care and I'm going to spend a lot of time reading God's word. And please do not misunderstand me. You need to be reading God's word. You need to be studying God's word. But if you are skipping what's going on inside you, then even God's word, as powerful as it is, and I'm not preaching heresy, trust me when I tell you, I'm into Jesus' word. But I know the way the brain works. And I've seen too many people come into a Christian atmosphere and be told, if you just trust God more, you'll be better. And so they spin their wheels trying to get their outward person looking better. And they, and they spend so much time in God's word reading and reading and reading. And, and it's not that they're not getting something, but they're neglecting the very part that David is saying is before you even get to your understanding of who you are. You see, you can't understand who you are in Christ if you don't understand what you actually believe about yourself. It actually becomes inauthentic. So I'm just trying to be a good Christian. I'm just trying to follow the good rules. And I think genuinely you are. I think genuinely you're trying with all your might. But the problem is just like what we talked about in the previous workshop, for those that weren't here, is that we come with stuff. We come with trauma and hurts. You know, I wonder when David was talking about this, you know, David wasn't favored by his own father. 
In fact, when he was asked, how many sons do you have? You've seen them all. God has to speak to the prophet to say, there's one more. I think you have one more son. Oh, that one? He's out in the field. He's just our shepherd. He's our youngest. I don't know the story. It doesn't say this in scripture. But how would you feel if your dad just disowned you and didn't include you? By the way, all the brothers, big buff brothers, strong, handsome probably, brothers, the way the scripture makes it sound. David, a redhead. He's bummed. Redheads are beautiful. But he's a redhead and a shepherd. He's not the powerful big guy. He walks in and even, I think it's Samuel, right? The prophet is Samuel says, mm-hmm. all right. I mean, God uses misfits, man. I love it. But I'm wondering what he's talking about. You know, I don't know exactly where this is. I haven't studied this. I, I probably should. It's that kind of stuff. It's fascinating to me where David is when he's writing this. But uh, what's fascinating is I, I wonder the, the trauma that he's experienced. I mean, David's had a lot of trauma up to this point. He's had a lot going on. And yet he's saying, although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, you have to actually be pretty self-aware to know you're in the valley of the shadow of death. You have to know that you're pretty upset. We might know we're upset, but we don't feel guided and we don't feel protected. And when we don't feel guided and we don't feel protected, we shut down, right? Which one, when you were discussing in your group, which one feels hard for you? Who would, want, who would be brave enough to share? Soul care. Soul care, and why? Right. It's not easy to sit in your feelings. It's not easy to sit in that. I think it's easier just to get the physical, right? Work on the spiritual. Because even that, I'm just like, well, I just, I just read. I read my scripture every day. I have my quiet time. You know, 10 minutes of quiet time. Then I do my Acts prayer. And then I do, I don't know, whatever, you know, all the things. I Bible drill for five minutes and I memorize the scripture, you know. And yet you come to church every day and you, you don't feel better. You feel like, I, I want to feel better, but I don't. So how many in this room, by a show of hands, feels like soul care, by the definitions that are given here, you might not be spending them, you might not be taking care of your soul? Yeah. Agreed. For me. I'm raising my hands with you. Soul care is creating space. It's creating space for you to ask your mind and your emotions, what are you feeling? Are you tired? Are you lonely? Are you afraid? Do you feel like you're in the valley of the shadow of death? But you're not alone in that. And that's what I think we think. I think if I sit in this for so long, if I sit in these emotions, I'm gonna be alone. And what am I gonna do? So many people that come into my office, I don't wanna go there. 
Because the moment I go there, what am I going to do with all those emotions? If I start crying, I'm never going to stop crying. And I was like, You're, you are crying. <laughs> you just are holding it in. Here's something I want you to think about. Then I'm going to give you a potty break. Here's something I want you to think about. If we, I'm, I'm saying this and just, this is just how I feel. <laughs> if we ignore this part of our, our being, if we don't allow it to be in a proper succession, we take care of our body, we take care of our soul, we take care of our spirit. If we ignore this part, we put an over and an abundant emphasis on the two areas. This is where some spiritual abuse can happen because now I want to ignore what's happening here. So I start spending a lot of time here and I start feeling very self-righteous about what I know. And the reality is, they don't mean it. They don't mean it. They just don't know this guy here. They don't want to sit in that. So they're finding control and comfort here by controlling other people, using the word of God to deflect from their lack of being able to sit in their own soul. They don't maybe want to go here. They still don't go here. So this starts to take a big emphasis. You see, eating disorders, binging, purging, you see, cutting, we see manipulation of the body. We see beating up of the body. We see control, outward control. Also, just so you know, this also lies in climbing the corporate ladder. Nothing wrong with that. But when it comes, becomes your idol, something wrong with it. Money starts to sit in this. Nothing wrong with money. I love rich people. They help my nonprofit. I love them. <laughs> nothing wrong with money. When it becomes your idol, it's because you're refusing to sit here. They all have their proper place. But when we miss the soul, we put an, unab an unabounding emphasis, a big abounding emphasis on these two areas. Can you have too much spirit care? No, you can't have too much Jesus. But you can't know Jesus in his fullness if you're not kind to who you are. If you're not kind to where you are. You see, God doesn't want your performance. That's all this is. He wants you to know that he's guiding you through the valley that is dark. That's what it means to sit in soul care. So we're gonna, we're gonna kind of practice this a little bit after we come back and, and do, do some interesting exercises. So, um, and by exercise, I don't mean we're actually physically exercising, because um, that'd be crazy. So stretch your legs, take a breath. It's a lot, right? It's a lot. It's going to be good. It's going to be so good. You're going to have awareness when you leave here. And that's good. You're going to know more than you did when you came in. And that's good. So go potty if you need to. And there's cookies and there's probably some water left. And we'll come back in like five minutes. Okay? Five, eight minutes.
Okay, we're gonna come back together. This is my rounded up group, rounded up dance, I mean. I'm hot now. Got all fired up there about soul care and I'm all hot now. All right, how are we feeling? <laughs> For a good soul care question. <laughs> So is some, for some of you, is this, I know I asked this, but is this, is this new for you? Is this kind of a new way of looking at things? Um, I, I, and even if it's not new, um, that's fine. I, I mean, that's, that's totally fine. But I, I want you to be able to clarify and to uh, start to identify those blurry lines. And that, and that we really understand, like, oh, to, today I'm going to sit in caring for my spirit. Today I'm going to sit and care for my soul. I'm going to sit and care for my physical body. And I think you should be doing all three of those things. I really do. But I'm going to not say that in a way of condemnation for you. You need to be doing your quiet time. You need to be doing your breathing exercises. And you need to be going to the, you know, gym. Um, I would hate that if that was my life and I lived under that kind of tyranny. <laughs> um, but I really check in with myself. Um, and what I will have to do um, is a body check, um, often in the morning before I get up, before my feet touch the ground. Um, I don't do this always, but it's something that I should be doing always, um, but I try to do it a lot. It's before my feet touch the ground, one, I say a mantra to myself um, that, that I have written for myself, things I need to believe about myself, um, and I say them every day. Uh, my kids have one that they say every day, um, and they say it in the car every day. I'm a child of God. Um, they say all these things. And, but I do a body check. How am I feeling? And then I ask myself, what are you fearing today? Because fear for me, I have a lot of fear. I struggle with anxiety. And, um, and when I say anxiety, I will say that loosely today. Um, it, it could definitely be anxiety in full, in full blownness um, in periods of my life. Right now, I'm not in that. But um, I experience a, a lot of anxiousness. So when I say anxiety, I know some of you, like anxiety is very, very real and very, very thick and very heavy. Um, I have been there. I'm not there currently. But I do struggle with that. Um, I also struggle with rejection and the fear of rejection. Rejection is a really powerful emotion for me. And so I have to be really mindful of things. So I'm going to give you something um, that's very, 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 very small in my life. And the reason why I'm going to give this to you is because I think often we think that we need to check in with our souls when something big has happened. So, you know, if we get somebody that is outright um, just being super mean to us and we're like, oh my gosh, this is hurting my feelings and or we broke up with our boyfriend, then yeah, naturally we're going to be like, oh, I need to go talk to somebody, you know? So I'm scrolling on Instagram and my blessed sister had posted this picture of her, and she already knows about this, so I'm not like sharing this with you and she doesn't even know, but she posted this picture and um, of her and my mom and my, my other sister and my sister-in-law. And on there she tagged, just missing Savannah, which is my brother's girlfriend. And immediately I was like, and me because I'm not passive in my rejection, <laughs> I wrote, and me, with a sad face. Hello, calm down, what are you in seventh grade? <laughs> but I couldn't help myself. I was like, and me, notice me. And now I don't struggle with rejection when it comes really to the outer world. I struggle with rejection a lot when it comes to my internal family. 
I did a podcast about this and it was very vulnerable and I wanted to hide for a week in a hole. It was awful, but now I'm over it. And if you want to listen to it, it's fun therapy with my foster. Um, it was horrible. It was the worst experience for me, but it's helped a lot of people. And so that I'm good about. It's very exposing. But I know about myself this. So I write this and me thing. And for the next hour, you ever been here? You just kind of start stewing about it. And I'm like, why wouldn't she, why wouldn't she say and me? Why wouldn't she say and my sister Carrie? Like, they don't even want to be around me anymore. I, by the way, they live in San Diego. I live here. Monday night is family night that I can never go to because I live here. And I know that my sister was tagging Savannah because that's who's at family night. And not that she was avoiding me, but the spirit of rejection that I carry is raging up and in me, raging up inside me. So I'm in my office. It's been about an hour. And I literally had to stop and I'm like, Carrie, you're fighting a spirit of rejection. So I say this, and this is kind of cheesy, but this is how I do it. And I make my clients do it. And you can do this too. You're for free. You're welcome. I do this. Welcome rejection. Welcome fear. Now you can't stay here, but I'll let you have a voice for a few minutes. So I say to myself, ah, it just really hurt because I want to be close to them. And even though we're really, really, really close, she's my stepsister. And so I'm feeling some kind of way like I'm not the real sister. And then I say, what's the truth? The truth is my sister really loves me. And God is really for me. And she actually didn't mean to leave me out. It was about a picture. And even if she did leave me out, it's okay. Because I'm not left out. So I have to welcome in a feeling so that I can give it some sacred space to have a voice. That's caring for your soul. Now, I could have just gone, Jesus well, first of all, smite them. And then secondly, <laughs> make them miss me so bad. You know, I could have gone to the word of God and I could have said, you know what? I'm a child of God. I am seen and loved by God. I am known by God. He is for me and not against me. And then I could have gone on a run and I would have really taken care of myself and my spirit and we would have been good. The problem is I had a real feeling. I had a real emotion about something. And so instead of pushing it down or ignoring it, I'm going to welcome it. Now, here's where we get stuck, some of us. We sit in soul care, but instead of it actually being care, it's soul indulgence. So we sit in the idea of high rejection. You're my best friend. It's me and you against the world. Everyone sucks and you're the best. Okay? Okay. And then we wonder, one, why is my body falling apart? <laughs> Two, why is my spirit, my relationship with God falling apart? Why can't I connect with other people? Because nobody wants to be around a person that's indulging every feeling they have and wants to talk about it all the time and doesn't want to ever, 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 ever move on. So can we indulge our soul and our feelings too much? Absolutely. Anything out of balance is not care. So you have to be mindful of that, right? To be mindful of. So when I welcome rejection, and I literally say this out loud, this is how nuts I am. I'm in my office and I'm like, welcome rejection. You can have a voice for a minute. 
And I have to do this with a lot of my clients because they've never even verbally, what's going on in here, they have never been able to actually say, welcome, little boy. You've been wanting to talk for a really long time about some things that have happened. And that little boy has a very strong voice, but he keeps getting told, stay over there. We don't need to have you talk. We don't need to have you talk about what happened a long time ago because it doesn't matter. Just love God, take care of your body, and you know, do some yoga. But the little boy has a voice and he needs the opportunity to be welcomed in. This is actually authenticity. When we welcome all parts of us, the little girl that wants to have a voice that felt abandoned and rejected, the little boy that felt like if only he could please his dad, needs to have a voice. So we say, welcome, abandonment. What do you have to say? This is what soul care looks like. And the only way that we can get to a place of soul care is to stop, is to rest, to listen. So yoga is great. I don't believe that you're supposed to empty your mind. I believe the Bible says to fill your mind. Fill your mind with the things of the Lord. It also says to take every thought captive and to examine it. This is what soul care looks like. This is what taking care of the emotions that you have and giving them a space looks like. Being kind, being kind to the voice inside you. So, I loved this question that was at Christina, right? Christina asked this question that I thought was so great. How is soul care even monitored? You know, I love that because she, you know, the facts and figure people in the room are just so great. Um, because, you know, there's the emotional people in the room who are like, yes, all the soul care. And then there's the fact, we need to know exactly and precisely. And I love those people because I would not run a business without those people. They keep me on track. How is soul care monitored? Well, we can monitor self-care. Are we taking care of our physical body? You know, we kind of monitor that. We can even monitor spiritual care because we think we can check a box, right? I'm going to church, I'm reading scripture, or learning about those things. Really, I don't actually think that's fully spirit care, but we'll, we can get into that later. But uh, it's part of it. Uh, but soul care is monitored by you understanding or you giving space to how you feel. So you can monitor it by going, have I asked myself what I'm feeling? Am I being honest with myself? Am I being honest with somebody else? Does somebody know who I truly am? Or is everybody in my world believe something that's not true? I'm not saying if everybody's gonna know your junk. Please don't tell everybody your junk. That is not wise. But does somebody else in your life know you? Like know you. Know the intricate parts of you. I mean, unlike God, God knows every part. But I mean, knows you. Are you asking questions of yourself? Do you take time? Let's just go through really quick these, um, uh, these little just uh, breakdowns here of, of self-care. I want to be pretty clear, and then we'll kinda, we're going to move into kind of like a, um, a time where you guys are going to do some stuff on the jar and then discuss, and then we'll ask some questions. Um, soul care, 
I mean, self-care, things like food and sleep and exercise and stretching and healthy checkups. Um, I want to be clear about these things like pedicures or I was trying to think what guys too. I'm like, hunting? I don't know what boys do. <laughs> and I was like, nobody hunts here. We're in California. Um, I, I don't know. Fishing. I mean, would that, so for me, like, I, I really want you to ask very hard questions of yourself of, because so that, to me, like a pedicure would be a self-care thing, even though I don't need to get my toes done, but it just feels good. A massage would be a self-care thing, not a soul care thing, okay? So we're, I'm going on soul care day. I'm going to go to massage and a pedicure. I'm going to go fishing. Now, fishing could leave you because it's very boring and there's nothing to do when you're fishing. So that could very be soul care, actually, because you're not talking to anybody. You're not catching anything. I don't know. I've been fishing one time, and I was like, this is an extrovert's nightmare because I want to talk, and he does not want to talk. We were on a date, and it was, I was like, we have to break up. Like, this, I can't do this. Um, so, so there might be like, you would know personally for you uh, the difference between, I'm going to get into the next section of self-care versus soul care, but uh, you really want to make sure that in soul care and um, self-care, you're doing things that are like taking care of your body. Even self-care is for some of you, you don't want to wear makeup, but it's good for you to put some night cream on. That's a good self-care. You know, taking a shower, that's good. For my 13-year-old boy, I'm teaching him self-care, you know? And it is difficult because he does not see the need. He's like, nobody's around me and I'm not allowed to date till I'm 16. Why do I need a shower? I'm like, because we have to live with you and your feet smell like someone died on them. So I'm teaching him things about self-care. I'm also teaching him things like um, margin for himself. So he would play video games all day long if I let him. All day. This is not good self-care for him. This is not good for his brain. This is not good for his body. This is not good for his attitude. And so I have to help him learn how to put margins in his life that you know what, although that is fun for him, that is not self-care or soul care. That's him numbing out. Is there anything wrong with numbing out? Oh, I am down with a good Netflix binge. But that doesn't feed either one of those. Okay, that's just numbing out. And there's nothing wrong. Some of us A-type personalities, man, sometimes we just need to put on a good parenthood and just go for it. Um, but that doesn't fit in a category. Okay, and I'm going to bring up something that all you women are going to freak out about. Does anybody know what I'm going to say? Say it. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> because a glass of wine. Okay. This, this one right here. Oh, yes, Lord. Turn that water to wine, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Okay. When we have our glass of wine at night and we want to watch our shows and we want to sit, we want to say, this is my soul care time. This is how I'm taking care of my soul. If I want to go to the bar and I want to have a beer with the bros, that's how you talk. I don't know. And this is my soul care time. You will have taken this class and you'll be like, don't lie to me. That's not soul care. You just say what it is. I want to go have a good time and hang out with a, a fellowship. I want to go hang out with the guys. We're going to go into that. We're going to go into that. So if you're going to the bar 
and you're sitting at the bar and you're having a beer and you're allowing that bro to see inside your soul, count it. <laughs> count it. But my husband, every other Monday night, goes out with his buddies to the bar and they have beer. And then I ask after their four-hour hangout, what'd you guys talk about? Let me tell you what they talked about. <laughs> Ain't no soul nothing happening. I know who he was hanging out with. I know his wife. I know his kids. There should be a lot to talk about because they messed up. And he's like, yeah, we didn't really get to that. Oh, what did you get to? We were talking about this game that was on. We were talking about work a little bit. He's like, actually, I don't really know what we talked about. We just kind of hung out. We didn't really need to talk. I'm like, all right, that's fine. But let's call it what it is. It's just hanging out. And that's cool. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's, so don't get me wrong. I'm not, don't go home with your husbands and wives that are in here right now and be like, you know, you can never go out because Carrie said, don't, I don't want to, don't email me. I don't want to hear it. I told you right now, but let's just call it what it is. Let's not try to put it in a category that we can like pass it off as something that it's not. So it's important hanging out, going out with the girls, having a glass of wine, all that's wonderful and it's awesome, but it's actually not taking care of any of these three areas. Okay. So the difference of numbing out the difference of just chilling out is different than these three areas. So self-care is really things that take care of our body. They are things that kind of bring life to us. I really enjoy putting on makeup. I know that sounds super vain, but I used to be in school for it and I just got really into it. Now I don't have time, so it's like mascara. But sometimes I'll just sit down and I will just really like have fun and do makeup and stuff. And that is great. And I feel like some of that's just like some self-care for me. I feel good about myself. I like it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think you need to wear makeup. That's not what this is about. But for me, that makes me feel good about myself. I feel good. I put on some makeup. I, I like fashion, clearly. Uh, and, you know, those things make me feel good about that. That's part of that self-care thing. I like to take care of myself. Some of you guys aren't into that, but some of the things you're into, I'm not into. But it makes yourself feel better. If it makes you feel proud and good and strong. Those are good self-care things. So moving on, soul care. These are areas that you really need to think about when it comes to spiritual disciplines. Soul care is creating a space for our mind to ask our soul questions, just like I said, with the emotions that we're experiencing. So time, when, one of the things that you brought up is time and connection with healthy friendships. So the difference between going to the bar and hanging out with your buddies and just talking about kind of nothing, cool, not soul care sitting across from each other in a booth and you being honest about what's really going on inside your heart, what's going on inside your marriage, what's going on, you know, things that you might be watching, things that you might be experiencing, thoughts you might be having, and you're trusting this person and you're sitting and having a conversation with them. I absolutely believe that soul care. I absolutely believe that's what helps us overcome addictions because connection is how we're wired. Living authentically is how we, we are wired. So you have to ask yourself the question. And some of you might not have any healthy friendships right now that you could do that with. It's what, that's what counselors are great for. It's what community pastors are great for. Being able to sit in community and conversation with somebody that you can talk about things that are really going on. That is helping you heal your soul. That's giving conversation. That's welcoming an emotion. 
quiet reflection, journaling. I put meditation on here. I mean meditation in the sense of not emptying your mind, but actually filling your mind with the things of God, offering your thoughts before God as a sacred sacrifice. We don't do this often enough, and I think we don't even have language to this often, but offering what we're feeling as a sacred sacrifice before the Lord is beautiful, and he loves it, and he wants to meet you in it. So often we want to hide those feelings from the Lord, the feelings we already know we have, and he already knows we have, but we keep them and we just go, I want to offer my service to you. And we think God will be pleased with that, and he's pleased with everything you do, he loves you. But he takes your thoughts and your feelings as you meditate and commit them and surrender them to him as sacred sacrifices. Like, man, you're offering some of your deepest, most fragile places to me, and God takes those and he, it, he, he brings them under his wing. He takes care of them. So meditation is not just sitting and like, uh, uh, no. Meditation is quieting your spirit. And I, I, when I meditate, I will ask, Lord, what is it? What do you want to bring up for me that I need to offer before you? And it might be a memory, it might be a word, it might be an emotion. And I say, okay, God, I'm really, I feel that. I'll, oftentimes I will begin to cry because it just feels heavy and I feel the presence of God. And so then I just commit that to him. And then I start to just kind of quiet my heart again. And I'm gonna teach you something in, the, in, in just a minute. But then I breathe and I go, as I breathe in those negative emotions, I exhale out like God's goodness and his faithfulness and his love. And we have an exchange together. So this isn't just empty my mind, pretend nothing's there. It's just, to me, to be honest with you, I just don't see it working. I think meditation is great. I don't see emptying your mind and not acknowledging what's going on in your life. I just don't see it working. In 24 years I've been doing this, I don't see it working. I think you have to be honest about where you're at. And then spirit care. And just to recap, discovering our true identity as children of God. Spirit care is not checking a box where we go and do our quiet time for 10 minutes in the morning. If that's when you want to do it, great. But do it because you want to know more about who God says you are, not because you need to check a box. Go because you feel like you want to be in the presence of the Lord. Go. But God doesn't have to just be in the word. I think he's there. He's always speaking. But he's also in the beauty of his trees. You know, he's all around. He's everywhere, right? He's everywhere. And we get to experience him in all of that. So when we sit in, in, then that could be part of your soul care. But in sitting in spirit care, it's really understanding your rightful place in the kingdom. It's really understanding who you are in Christ. Spirit care is definitely understanding your salvation. You are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, by his grace and his mercy. These are things that we, and we think, well, yeah, we know that, but we don't sit in that very often. So what we're gonna do right now um, and I just love Jeremiah 31, 25. I'll refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Thank you, Jesus. What we're gonna do right now is um, just for the next few moments, I want you to go into this jar and I want you to spend some time thinking and you don't have to discuss this. I mean, you can if you want, um, but it's kind of a personal thing, but you can discuss it if you want. And I want you to write a few things that you would do for your soul care um, on a daily level, on a weekly level, on a monthly level, and on a yearly level. Um, and to create a plan. Remember, you, nobody will take care of your soul. Nobody will make you do it. Nobody knows. You and God. So you're going to have to ask God to help you with this because you're going to need help. But 
Um, to put a plan in motion is to be intentional about taking care of yourself. You have to take ownership of your own care before the Lord, right? Like you can't just expect me to do it for you. And to be honest with you, God has to be invited in. God's not gonna force you to do anything. He'll guide you, he'll protect you, but you gotta trust him like the sheep do. Or you can just wander off if you want. That's on you, that's up to you. So daily things, two o'clock every day, I try every day to turn my phone off, turn everything off. I drive to the kids' school. I sit in the parking lot and I sit in my car and I will listen to worship, sometimes a podcast, sometimes I just pray, sometimes I'm just quiet. I try to do this every day. And this is for about, for me, it's about 30 minutes. I really should use more. Some people could do this for 10. It does not have to be a lot. It does not need to cost a lot of money. Weekly would be something that I would do with my husband or I would go for like a walk. I try to get in nature once a week, try to see something that is not the four walls of my counseling office. I try to get out into society and, 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 and mix with the birds and the trees. That's what brings soul to me. My soul care to me might not be for you where I can stop and be quiet and listen. You might be able to do that on your side porch and you put on your little fountain and I don't know. I don't know where you, I don't know what you do or what's gonna work for you. You know, you're not me, I'm not you. There we go. Monthly. So I'm going to try to do something monthly. This is sometimes where I will take several hours and I will go away. Sometimes uh, two months ago, one of our busiest seasons, I told my husband, we have to go away for 24 hours and go pray. And we did. Uh, and it was the worst time to go. And we should have, I mean, we were like, we can't leave. We shouldn't leave. And everything was fine, by the way. Everything was fine. We came back, but we went away, spent a night at a hotel, got a very good deal. Those last minute deals, you can get them for like 50 bucks, 60 bucks. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, I know a lot of you are on a tight, you know, shoestring of a, of a budget, and so I'm not saying you have to spend money, but this was worth it. We went away. He went away for four hours. I went away for four hours. We prayed. We came back, and we talked about, we prayed about our kids. We prayed about our life. We, we talked about some things. That was a very good, very good soul care thing. We would not do that weekly. We'd not do that daily. That, that might be something a little bit bigger, a little more time on a monthly scale, and we schedule it in. So every month, my husband and I were like, where's our soul care? on here, on our month. And then yearly, I do a road trip every year. Now I do it with my kids, and for some of you that would not be soul care. <laughs> um, but for me, I get away for two weeks and I don't work, and I, we road trip and we go to places that I find beautiful. So I'm going to Montana, and I'm going to Yellowstone, because I hear Jesus in nature. I am blown away. If I ever doubt God, I just go stand in his trees, like when we were in the redwoods, and I'm like, are you kidding me? There's a God, there's a God. Um, and so for me, it's very life-giving. My kids run and play and they, they don't fight. It's amazing because they, it's just they're in nature and breathing fresh air and we're sitting around the campfire and my son's asking really cool questions because there's no social, there's no, there's no nothing but each other. And then I get up in the morning and I sit with my chair and I just, I pray and I think I bring my chair down by a stream and that's where I feel like, this is mine, this is mine. This, is, this might not be yours. Um, so I want you to sit for the next few minutes and just write out what would work for you. Okay, do so you have a question? Okay. Okay. <laughs>
time for you to spend in doing this, so I'm just going to give you like two more minutes because I want to I want to get to to one more thing. But make sure I'm give you a few more minutes. But you'll have time tonight or you tomorrow or whatever to go back and do this. So I don't. I want you to do it. Make sure you go back. I know I didn't give you that much time, but we, we only have 20 minutes left, and I want to make sure we are 25, yeah, 20, uh, to be able to get uh, what we need to get through because I think this is really important. Um, so make sure you go back and intentionally do that. You have to take ownership of your life, so you're going to have to be intentional in putting this in. This will not happen. If you happen to sit with people or you happen to be someone who gets to the opportunity and the great privilege to work with people, oftentimes this is an area that is very neglected. Um, and so it's a great place to start with people about explaining taking care of your soul. It's a really great place to, if you, if you do any kind of counseling or if you do any kind of mentorship, um, to really have this conversation with people. It's really great to have this conversation if you go somewhere that's nice looking pretty um, and have this conversation. There's something about oxygen when you're having a conversation. It's something when they're looking down and kind of like walking with you and you're talking and stuff and it's not face to face, it feels a little less vulnerable. And so they start to think and they start sharing so much when you go on a walk with someone. It's pretty amazing. So we're gonna do an exercise um, that I wanna teach you because oftentimes people will come to me and they think, I have no idea how to do daily soul care. Like, I don't even know where to start. And so I'm going to give you something that you could start with that will literally could take three to five minutes if you wanted, and you could be done for the day if you wanted, um, just to get you started. So everybody stand up. Um, so one of the things that when I used to be a trainer, um, I would have them come into my office or into my, uh, uh my studio, or I'd go into their studio usually cause they had studios and I would say, okay, we're going to do an exercise. Now go ahead and breathe for me. So I want everybody to put their hand on their chest and I want everybody to take a really deep breath. Okay, good. And let it out. Good. Do it again. And when you do it, I want you to notice, does your chest raise? Do it again. How many of you did your chest raise up or your hand raise up? Okay. Good. Most of you. So you're breathing wrong. Isn't that weird? Okay. So here's the difference. And this is what our society does. We actually do not take full big breaths. We don't do this. We actually don't get full circulation of oxygen. Oxygen is very important for our bodies. It's very important for our souls. And we do not take full breaths. Men have really hard time with this. So what I would make my, my male clients do, who by the way, were like a prince of Saudi Arabia, the CEO of Qualcomm State, like high end people. I'm like, get on all fours. And they're like, okay. And I would make them breathe. And what I would make them do is have their belly needs to extend when they inhale. So their belly extends. As they exhale, they draw their belly button in. It's kind of difficult, huh? So we're going to do it again. You can see from the side, I have a good idea for you. Your belly's going to fill. And then exhale. You're actually going to draw your belly button into your spine. So go ahead and fill your belly again as you take that inhale breath. Try not to let your shoulders, a lot of you I see, 
right? We go, fill our chest. No, this should stay still. Some of you might even get a little lightheaded if you keep doing it. This is because your body is not taking full breaths. What you can start to do in the morning, you can stand up, you can offer the day before the Lord, and you can take some deep breaths. So I'd like you to just close your eyes, hold onto the chair if you need to, because some of us lose our balance after 40. Um, and I want you to take, or 25. Um, and I want you to just close your eyes. Don't worry about the people around you. This is very important for you men, so don't try to skip out on it. And I want you to take some deep breaths. And you can go at your own pace. And I'm going to say some words over you. I'm going to say scripture like, I will refresh when you are weary. I will satisfy the faint. Be still and know that I am God. You were handed and crafted in your mother's womb. Wherever you go, I will go. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We keep breathing in and exhaling out the truth of who God says we are. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as you take those deep breaths, as you would in this time, I just want you to stand. I want you to loosen your hands, loosen your shoulders, loosen your neck. And then I'm going to ask you to tighten certain parts of your body. And as you release those parts of your body, you're just going to let the tension fall out. So we're going to squeeze our toes and our feet. You're going to feel the tension in your ankles and then into your calves. Just feel the tension there. And as you inhale, you're going to hold that. And then as you exhale, you're going to let your feet go. You're going to let your calves relax. Your feet feel heavy into the floor. And then you're going to tighten your knees and your front of your leg and the back of your leg and all the way to your backside. And as you tighten that in, you're going to breathe in as your belly fills with air. And then you're going to exhale out and release the tension in your legs and your backside. And I want you to take your hands 
your forearms. And I want you to squeeze into a fist all the tension you've been feeling, all the stuff you've been carrying. You're gonna inhale in and hold. You can feel it in your biceps. And as you exhale out, I want you to just release your hands. Let them hang. We're gonna take our shoulders and we're gonna squeeze them up to our ears. And we're gonna feel the tension as we take that inhale in. Let our belly fill with air. And as we relax and exhale, our shoulders relax all the way down. Don't let them stop. Relax them all the way down. And then as weird as this may feel, I want you to take your face and you're just gonna squeeze all the tension in your face. You feel all the tension you've been carrying, the anger you've been carrying, the pressure you've been carrying, the stress, and you're gonna inhale tightly through your lips. And then we're gonna exhale and relax our face. We're just gonna roll our neck down into our chest and roll it onto the left side. And then roll it down again and roll it onto the left, right side. So our body feels a little relaxed. We're gonna do one more breath. And this one we're going to exhale with, I am a child of God. So we're gonna breathe in. So our bellies fill with air. You just think, I am a child of God. All right, open your eyes. Now for some of you, you don't know what to think. What did I sign up for? But I would venture to say that even in these few moments, you start to feel a little looser. You start to feel a little better. You start to feel a little connection. Maybe for some of you, emotions started coming up. Maybe for some of you, pains in your body started to get realized that you didn't realize were there. You realize when you got tense in your shoulder and you tried to relax it, the tension was still there. This is so that you can offer up into your body before the Lord. Some emotions might come up when I start reading scriptures or I start reading stuff over you and you're like, man, I'm feeling the weight of that as she's saying that. I'm feeling the tension in that. That's you caring for your soul. It doesn't mean that you're gonna end up at the end of the two minutes or three minutes and everything's fixed, but you've given kindness to yourself. And over time, a little bit of kindness goes a really long way. And when we start giving kindness to ourselves, we can start extending kindness to others. So, you can have a seat. How you feel? I feel a little breathy. Go practice it when you're at home. A great way to practice it is to get on all fours, put your hand on your belly, and see if your belly can fall. And as you breathe in, draw it in. So you just hold your hand there and see if you can fill your belly, your hand with your belly. Um, you're gonna be surprised how hard it is. And then you'll be noticing your breathing. Uh, and oftentimes when you get stressed out, how things get really breathy here. It's actually where we carry a lot of tension. Um, for people who have anxiety and struggle with panic attacks, this is a really important thing to know, is to know how to breathe. People used to pay me a lot of money to teach them how to breathe, which is so crazy. Um, so we're kind of done, but I wanna open it up for questions, because I'm sure there's some questions in the last 15 minutes that we have together, or maybe you don't have questions, but I don't know, I feel like you should. So questions about anything we covered tonight, anything that's not sitting right, anything you don't understand, anything that you just want to say, I liked this or I got something out of this or I didn't like it and when are you doing something else? <laughs> Any thoughts, questions? Yes. I think that they can be both, but I think you're going to probably get some of the most effective soul care by yourself and the, when you start to 
to spend time with yourself, then when you go sit with other people, you have an ability to be able to tap into what's going on. So oftentimes, if you're having a hard time even connecting with yourself, sitting with a counselor really does help give you awareness, and then you're able to connect deeper into what's going on. Because soul care for a lot of people, in defined on how I believe it's defined, um, really is very difficult for a lot of people to be able to find words to things. There's a book out um, called How We Love by Yorkovich's. Yorkovich, I can't remember his first name. Mylan, yeah, and Kay Yorkovich. And they have this book called How We Love. It's a great book. It's, it's one of the best couples book I've ever taken couples through. Um, but on one of the pages, they have what they call soul, soul words. And it's really great for kids. And honestly, men, <laughs> it's hard for men to be able to, they, they know they're feeling some type of way, but it's hard for them to find a word for it. So it's been really great when I'm like, what are you feeling? And it's either I don't feel anything, which is not true, like I'm fine, or I'm just angry. Um, and so for Mario, it's been really helpful to, to have this list of words to be like, oh, I'm actually really hurting. I feel frustrated, but I'm actually hurting because of this, because it'll show you kind of some of what frustrated means, some words that would identify that. So that's a really great book. It teaches about communication. It's, it's a great book, but you can actually go online and Google Soul Care Words by um, Kay Yorkovich, How We Love. And that's a great thing. It's really good for kids, too. Really good for teenagers and kids. Teenagers won't want to do it if you haven't done it before. So start when they're young. You don't want to throw soul care words to a 16-year-old because they're going to be like, you've officially lost it. Um, so it's good when they're younger if you do have younger kids, but it's been really good for my boys. My daughter has no problem finding words. Um, my boys do. Everything is always, I don't know, and I'm fine but they're not. Um, kind of my husband too, honestly. <laughs> um, any other questions? Yeah? Yeah, I think like the, the case with like fishing, you know, like, I, I mean, honestly, like I, I think you have to be honest with yourself. Am I giving myself space to, to ask myself good questions? Am I allowing my emotions to have, to wel am I welcoming a feeling? Um, so if that's happening also while you're doing some fun self, you know, some good self-care things, then, then that could happen. I don't know for women if that's necessarily happening in the pedicure chair. I, I mean, I get them all the time. I, I don't know how like attuned I'm being to my emotions while my toes are getting done. I'm just like numbing out, like it just feels good, you know? So you'd have to... You probably could, but you would definitely, I think there's a bigger line there than we tend to think there was after, before this class, you know? Um, so you really would have to really be honest with yourself. It, it, can I enjoy doing this and actually provide awareness space for myself? If so, awesome. Kill two birds with one stone. Who else had a question? Yeah. Right. Wow, that's so good. How many of us feel guilty when we can't do it all? And this is men and women. This isn't just like a woman thing, but we feel guilty when we can't do it all. And I, hiring an assistant was very hard for me. Even now, she was like getting like my, I had left part of my meal, this is so dumb, but today I had left part of my meal 
and my meal was a bar, but I had part of my meal. I really do need to take better care of myself. But anyway, it was a bar, and I'm like looking around, and she walks over, and she's like, are you looking for this? And hand it to me, and I was so embarrassed, like, oh my gosh, she has to get food for me? This is weird. I'm like, you don't need to get my food. And she was like, I'm not getting your, I just saw the bar and knew you were looking for it, but I'm all like triggered, like, because I feel like so guilty for having this assistant. And she like contacts people that are my friends, like, hey, Carrie'd like to set up an appointment. I'm like, no, no, I could call him. I'll just call him. And she's like, this is what I, you need help. You're drowning. But I'm like, no, I can do it, you know? Another thing that was really great is I got someone to clean my house. I just was like, I, no, I can afford that right now. So, I have not always been able to afford that, and that is a luxury, I know that, but it was really, having, we were having marriage problems because of it, because my husband's very tidy. Ah, so tidy. <laughs> I'm a little more like, let's just feel, the, let's just feelings all the feelings. Let's just talk about feelings. Who cares that I have piles of things? I know where it is. And he's like, I, he can't function. So that literally was a gift for him. But I think we need to, I think we need to lighten up a little bit on ourselves. I think that's, that's part of me getting in touch with what was going on. I was feeling so guilty about not being a stay-at-home mom anymore. And I think when I really spent time in my soul, that's why I was guilty about the assistant and the house cleaner. Because I was feeling so guilty that I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be the stay-at-home mom. That's what I've done my whole life. And now I'm doing this call on God. And is it taking me away from my kids? And so I had to sit in that. And what came about was I can actually do both, but I need some help. So the things that don't matter, like my house being cleaned, matters to my husband, but it doesn't matter in life. Like my kids need me. They don't need me rushing around cleaning the house all the time because with the little bit of time that I have. And I need to show up to all of their things that I'm helping out in school, not like I did before the assistant with the birthday plates two hours after the cake was already served and they were eating like Lord of the Flies when I showed up. <laughs> I need an assistant. And I walked in, got the plates, and they're like, yeah, thanks. The kids were like... I want to be at those things with my kids, but Lisa can get the plates and I can be there. Great point, great point. And thank you for admonishing me. <laughs> I needed that. Any other questions? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I actually, I do. I've got so many problems, so it's good that, you're, that I'm your leading you. Um, so phone is a really hard thing for me because so much of my work is on my phone. Um, and I, I run two, non, like two nonprofits, full-fledged nonprofits. I also travel and speak, and I work for Vox. So I have a lot on my plate. So a lot of my connecting points are through the phone. My kids brought up to me, said to me, you're just always on your phone. And I was like, oh, like, it just killed me, you know. It just was so hard to hear that. And I'm like, well, mommy's got to work, you know. But it was like, I don't need to work at five. So what I did was I actually wrote up mommy's phone rules. And Natalia and Ronnie came up. If you came to my house for the open house, um, it was on the fridge. <laughs> did you see them? <laughs> yeah, mommy's, mommy's phone rules are on the fridge. And it actually, I have them hold me accountable, but it says when I'm allowed to be on the phone. And I did that more because I wanted them to know that I heard them and that their, their, their feelings matter to me. But I also wanted, because when you tell a kid something that they get to hold you accountable to, oh my God, it's like, I, I can't be on the phone when I'm, in, when I'm in the car. I need to not be on the phone when I'm in my car. And my kids are about that. And what it's been doing is like, if I even pick up the phone, my oldest son will be like, mommy, mommy, you're on the phone right now. Mommy, that's against the law. Mommy, that's not on your phone rules. And I'm like, sometimes I just want to like punch them. Like, 
Like, dude, okay, back off. But now he's so instilled in him, I don't think my, phone, my son will ever go on the phone in his own car. Like, it's so instilled within him. I also have control of his phone from Disney Circle. You can actually control their phone while they're driving. It's Anyway, uh, so I did that. I actually had to set a limit for me. Nobody was going to set the limit for me. My husband wouldn't dare. He would might say something, but he wouldn't dare. Um, my kids saying something, it really was for me because it started, whatever we put in front of us the most, we become addicted to. If you came to the last workshop, addiction's not the issue, connection is. Our bodies are wired to connect, and we will connect to whatever is in front of it. That's crazy. So you think that your phone, pornography, looking at that guy, spending time with them, that that's not gonna be affecting you, oh, it becomes something that you connect with. You, you physically bond with that. It's, it's how you're wired, you're wired to connect. And so my phone was trying to become this, this like connection thing for me. And like I was checking stupid stuff that don't even matter, like how many likes, I mean, I'm 44 years old, who cares? how many likes I got. I mean, that's embarrassing to say, but it's true. Because I'm running an organization that I, I need it to get out there in the world, so I need to see that the organization is getting traction. It's, it's not on me. So, yes, I had to set up limits and boundaries and then have someone hold me accountable to it. That goes for every area of your life, in any area of your life. If you know that something, one, you gotta get honest that you have a problem, Two, you need to get honest with somebody else to hold you accountable to that problem. And then probably talk to a counselor of, which I do, why am I so addicted to this, you know? But yeah, I had to set up, that's what I, that's what I did. Maybe some other people in this room had some other ideas, but I set up a physical, like a physical limitation for me because it was becoming a problem. I hope that answered your question. It's very long-winded. Anybody else have a question? Okay. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, kids learn best by modeling. So, they're not going to learn through the chart. Um, they're not going to understand. But we try to put language to the things we're doing. So, when we go on our road trips, we're not just going on a road trip for fun, we're going on a road trip to take care of our souls. So when we tell Ryder to turn off the TV or to turn off the video games, but this isn't good for your soul anymore. This is now affecting like you're numbing out. And so we try to put language to things. He totally disagrees with me. Like, does, and that is irrelevant to me. Um, but I want him to understand language for why I'm doing what I'm doing. That I'm not just mean and don't, you know, want to take all your fun away. But, and we actually talk about how his attitude starts to change. When he's, uh, when he's playing the video games. He actually starts to become like really crabby, mean, grouchy. When we've now taken away technology Monday through Thursday, and my son plays with my seven-year-old daughter. They hang out, they talk. He asks Roma to go out on the, play, like on the trampoline with them. Like she's like getting her brothers back. And this was just a hard line and we had to sit down as a family and I said, this is not only good for our self, not good for our self care, it's not good for our soul care and it's not good for our spirit care. And then we just kind of briefly went into that. Totally did not get it. But then when I reiterate it, then he gets it. Then he's like, you know, he's starting to hear these words. So I just try to model it as best I can. So I'll put words to like the script. I said, mommy is not doing well with her phone. I'm not taking good care of my soul or my spirit or myself when I look at my phone all the time. So I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put a margin up. 
and they see that. So kids, kids learn all, like, all through modeling, but I try to put language to what I'm modeling, not just doing it. Does that make sense? Language is really important for them to understand. Putting words to something, even if they don't get it, the more you say it, they will. I mean, he really gets, don't text in your car, jeez. Yeah, good. What else, anything else? I'm gonna end in just a minute. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Okay, we're gonna pray. You guys did really good. I hope that you walk away with something new. And I hope that you would take some time this next week, even if part of your soul care is to sit down and write out the, um, you know, write out on the jar. Um, before we pray, though, I just want to, I just want to give you a couple of announcements because I know this might have stirred up some stuff in some of you guys, um, which is good. We need to be stirred up. We need to be stirred up. Like, we don't want to ignore that part. So I do have this thing. It's for women. Sorry, men, but we do have stuff for you. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, but we have a fearless workshop that's coming up on Saturday. Um, that's for women. We are giving a Vox discount. So if you want to go online and put in Vox, all caps, V-O-X, um, you'll get $10 off. Um, that I'm going to be here. We're going to be talking about pressing past fear, some tools, what the Bible says. We have a therapist that's going to come in and talk about trauma, how trauma affects the brain in simpler terms. Um, we have another therapist that's going to come in and do some of the soul care exercises, different than this, but some old um, practices um, like Lecta Divina and things like that we're going to teach you. And then we're going to go on how, how do we start to be fear, how do we start to fear less? I don't believe you're ever going to be fearless. Um, I just don't think you ever will be. Um, I think you can fear less though. And so we want to offer that to you. We also want to let you know, if you're a community pastor here, would you stand up? There we go. We've got community pastors. So these lovely people, I get the privilege and honor and then there's Heather in the back too. Um, I get the privilege and honor of getting to train them and I'm just starting that um, and training them on um, how to sit in conversations, how to, and they're already good. I don't even know really why I'm here, but they're already got it. But um, they, they are here. So if you, one, need prayer tonight, if you just need to talk to somebody, if you maybe are scared to do that tonight and you just wanna like email it in, you can go to voxoc.com slash care. I'm doing so good, Andy, aren't I? Okay. Um, so you can reach out and that we will get you in touch with a community pastor, as you guys can have a seat. Um, that is something we're really, really um, passionate about, is that we want you to constantly have next steps and that you, this is a touch point for you to continue growing and moving on. You should not ever arrive and this isn't the thing that saves you. You know, this is the thing that gets you to be more aware and moves you to the next step. And sometimes that next step is really meeting with somebody. And, and, and maybe it's not about soul care you want to talk to them about. That's fine. Um, but you, if you need someone to talk to, they're here for you. And um, they love you. And I know them all. And they're good. They're good people. Uh, we also have some stuff that's coming up in the fall. What was that? Yes, okay. So in the fall, we are going to be doing a guys group. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm talking with some of the community pastors about that and also my husband. Um, and we're going to run that probably through our center. Um, but we really wanted there to be a space for men, um, just men. And I think this is all great and I love this and I think this is awesome. But I do think that there's some appropriate times for men just to be like, eh, she didn't talk about some things. Um, and I need to not be there. Um, and neither does your wife. So... Um, we're going to start that in the fall. If you are interested in that, will it be back there? It'll be back on that table where Andy is standing by the cookies. 
and um, you can just put your name on there. Even if you're interested, it's, you're not signing anything, you're just, this will be an interest so that when, when we do get it up and running, you'll be the first to hear about it. So we can get you signed up for that and something like that. We also wanna just create some community for the guys. It's kinda harder for guys to create community and so we wanna um, create that uh, for you. And what else, am I forgetting anything? Okay, Freedom Center offers a lot of stuff, so if you are interested in hearing more about things that Freedom Center offers, we offer in-depth workshops, four-week workshops, all-day workshops. We do offer one-on-one -on -one counseling as well um, and coaching uh, at our center. So if you're interested in that, you can go to uh, Freedom Movement, or no, freedomcenteroc.org um, to find that out, and I think it's on here anyway. Nope, it's not, but you can figure it out. Um, so that's it, now we'll pray, okay? Um, and you got to sign up. For, it's, uh, it's on Saturday. So if you want that deal, I think it will run probably for like two days, two, two more days or something, because we'll have to get a count. Okay. Okay.